When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Today's episode is little old me on her lonesome, just talking you through a couple of different things, really just leaning into some food for thought and also some shares from my own weekly therapy. I will also answer some questions at the end of this episode, ones that have just come through via Instagram. But before I get stuck into it, I wanted to let you know today's episode is brought to you by a product called Veggie Hero which if you have little people in your house, if you are a parent or you're an aunt or you're a teacher or you're someone that has something to do with kids, you're going to want to know about this product. As I mentioned, it's called Veggie Hero and it's by Nutra Organics. And firstly, it comes in the most adorable tin. I don't know about you. I'm a bit of a sucker for packaging. It's really, really cute. But Veggie Hero is far more than just a cute packaging. It is a product that really, really delivers. So this is a way for you to sneak vegetables undetected into a huge variety of foods and drinks for your little ones. Veggie Hero is a blend of 15 vegetables, fruits, and also super greens, but it is designed specifically for little taste buds. And it also is designed specifically for parents to feel at ease and have that peace of mind of knowing you have gotten as many vegetables, as many vitamins, as many minerals as possible into your little ones. So Veggie Hero is a powder and you can add it to a massive, massive variety of different meals and snacks from popping it into a juice because it's a really inoffensive flavor your little one is unlikely to detect that it's in there. So you can pop it into a juice or into a smoothie. You can definitely pop it into things like your bolognese sauce on top of pasta. And in fact, that's how I get it into my boys because they love plain pasta. 
like they don't want sauce on their pasta, little weirdos. But what they will happily have is their plain pasta, like their pulse pasta. And then once it's cooked, I stir a couple of spoons of spoonfuls, excuse me, of veggie hero through and it just lightly flavors the pasta. And I at least know, okay, they're getting some greens, they're getting some superfoods into their system. So that's another way. You can also put it into um, like lasagnas, meatballs if your kids eat those. What else? Pretty much anything. You could pop it into purees, I imagine. There's endless ways that you could sneak veggie hero into your children's life. Oh, infrattatas, like omelets, quiches, if your kids eat those, the list is seriously endless. So veggie hero, it's about getting those vegetables into your little ones with ease to look after their immunity and of course their energy as well. So Veggie Hero by Nutra Organics is an amazing product. It's got carrot, pumpkin, it's got prebiotic fibers, apple, broccoli, rice extract, tomato, barley grass, wheatgrass, alfalfa, lots of good stuff and everything in there is certified organic as well. Nutra Organics have a massive variety of products, not just products for little ones, but products for us as well. So definitely check out their whole range today. Go to nutraorganics.com.au and use the code Kylie15 to save 15% off your entire order. So if you're adding a few things in the cart there, 15% off does make a huge difference. And Nutra Organics are just a beautiful company. They have amazing customer service. They really, really care about the products they're creating and their community and their staff. And I could rave about them for hours, but I will stop here. That code for Nutra Organics, Kylie, all in capitals, Kylie15. Okay. So if you have been listening to past episodes over the last few weeks, you will know I've been going to weekly therapy and it wasn't particularly like I didn't make the decision to do weekly therapy to resolve any one issue in particular. It was much more to do with the fact of realizing that at times I was getting to the end of the week and I felt as though I was carrying all these different emotions and some weeks they were really positive and some weeks they were really challenging but I just didn't have someone that I could like spew it all out on. Um, I guess in the way that, not that you want to use your partner as a therapy, but if I don't make an effort to speak to another adult, like as in if I don't arrange a catch up with someone, if I don't pick up the phone, if I don't make myself, I could go for days without having a conversation with a real adult just because I work from home. I mean, obviously now it's a bit different because Jordan and I are working together a lot more, which is amazing. And I'll talk about that later on. But prior to that, and I mean, so many people can relate to this, especially with lockdowns and whatnot, which it's just wild that everything is amping back up. And I really am thinking of all of the small business owners and people that are impacted massively by this. So my thoughts are with you and yeah, it's just, it's a lot. But as I was saying, I I could easily go for like two or three days without having a proper adult interaction and I don't ever want to, I guess, react poorly to the kids or be carrying around all this sadness just because I've not had a chance to speak it. So that's why I booked in for weekly therapy. 
I also don't want my friends to always feel like I've always got heavy stuff to talk about and stuff like that. But anyway, it's been really, really good. Some weeks I go there and I kind of feel like, oh, this is silly. I don't have much to talk about. But once we start digging, there is always something to be said and felt. And so along the way, I have shared bits and pieces of the, the, I guess the themes and the things that have come up for me in conversation with my therapist. And I've shared it here because hopefully it's helpful for other people. So in keeping with that theme, I thought I would just touch on what I spoke about in the past week with her. And I'm looking down at kind of my list here. I guess my big thing this week, this week was I kind of walked in there and I said to her that I'm feeling a lot of anger at someone in my life and ultimately that anger is sadness but also the anger that I'm feeling at this person is because I'm really angry at myself and that is something that I can work through with my therapist so to be able to sit down and say I am angry at x literally x (laughs) um And these are the reasons why, and then kind of digging a bit deeper. So I start at the surface level of going, I am angry because I feel taken advantage of. I feel um, disregarded. I feel mad that this person that I feel that in my head, I feel as though I'm projecting that this person kind of led me down a garden path type of thing. Like I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. And when you're feeling that and you're pushing projecting ultimately that out then in therapy you can turn it around and I mean I do do this on my own but it's nice to have someone there as well turn it around and flip it so going okay I'm angry at that person because blah 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 changing the script and saying like I'm angry at myself because I let that happen. I'm angry at all of these things that I let slide. I'm angry at being pulled out of my own knowing. And so it can be really confronting because it's much more comfortable to direct your emotions out at someone. But I think honestly, most of the time, I was going to say all of the time, but I can't say that definitively. I think a large portion of the time when we are feeling something at a surface level and we can easily identify that it's about someone else, that's when we really need to point the finger back in at ourselves and dig a little bit deeper and uncover what's really there. And I'm not someone who thrives when they're feeling angry. For some people, they can take anger and challenge it and propel themselves forward. Whereas for me, in the times in my life when I have felt anger, it depletes me. And it really is a secondary emotion to sadness. And so just unpacking, okay, what am I angry about? Who am I angry who am I angry at actually? And of course it's myself, like angry at letting certain things slide. And maybe anger now isn't the right word, maybe it's frustration. But as I said, it's a secondary emotion for sadness for me. So just peeling back those layers and going, okay, anger, pointing outwards, nope. I need to have a look at what's really going on and the anger is below my surface and it's to do with me and letting things happen and then going okay is it anger or is it sadness okay why am I sad and it's like okay I'm feeling sad because 
I'm, I'm not going to go into the reasons why I, why I was feeling sad about it, but just to be able to walk in and have that conversation with someone is so helpful because if you have anger or sadness just dormant in you, it's like it's just there below the surface. So the teeniest, tiniest pinprick of someone aggravating you makes it all spill out because it's just there waiting. And this is one of the things that I've been working on the most in the last couple of weeks is really checking in with myself and being honest on how I'm feeling. I think going through a divorce and a breakup and all of that stuff at times I've just had to put one foot in front of the other because I have kids. I don't have a choice really. Like I have to get up. I have to get dressed. I have to get them dressed. Like the the show must go on. And so at times it's easy to shelf how you're feeling and kind of disassociate from those emotions and just literally go through the everyday motions. And so I'm really, really focusing in on coming back to how am I actually feeling right now and checking in with that. The other reason that's been on my mind, and this is kind of not directly related to therapy, but directly related to what I'm talking about is I listened to Brene Brown's first three episodes. I need to check whether the next one's up on her Unlocking Us podcast on the series that she's doing with her twin sisters on the gifts of imperfection. I have shared that book before in the past. It is a must read. The gifts of imperfection is easy. It's a really easy book to digest, but it's got big concepts in there. And one of the concepts that is directly related to what I'm talking about today is Brene talks about the fact that if you numb pain, you will also be numbing joy. And that's why I'm trying to really connect to how I'm actually feeling in the moment. And sometimes I need to just go, oh, I'm feeling whatever the feeling is. I'm feeling sad and go, okay, cool. And let it pass like a cloud through the sky. Like I teach the boys, but other times I need to dig a little bit deeper. For example, when I'm feeling anger and frustration and disappointment, I actually need to go a little deeper on those at times. And when I have the luxury to do so, and it is a luxury to do so, that is a real chance to kind of unpack things at a deeper level. But back to this premise of if you numb pain, you are also going to numb joy. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be removed and not be able to really feel joy and contentment and embrace things as they are happening. I don't think that's the case for me. I don't think that I am so removed that I'm not enjoying things I love Like I really do love life, but it's just something to be mindful of. If you're numbing the pain, are you also then diminishing your ability to enjoy the good? I don't know whether it is a foolproof philosophy. Like sometimes I'm sure that there are perfectly appropriate times to kind of contain you know, pain and discomfort and move forward and it might not impact your ability to enjoy the good things, but it is a concept that is at least worth thinking about. And that somewhat kind of leads into another thing that I want to speak about in this podcast. And that is another kind of life concept. I posted about it 
earlier on Instagram. I think it was Sunday I might have posted about it. I'm not sure. But I was asking the question, do you think this is true? The way you do anything in life or the way you do one thing in life is the way you do everything in life. That is a quote that I kind of butchered a little bit then, but it's by Martha Beck, who I am such a fan of her work. If you've not heard of Martha Beck, have a Google. I think she's great. But she said this line about how she believes that the way we show up to do any one thing in life is reflective of the way we do everything in life. And I've been having this conversation in real life because of that saying. I was speaking with my personal trainer, Sean, about it. And the reason I was talking to him specifically about it was when we train, not was, this is current, while we are training, when it's time for me to have a 60-second rest in between sets, in between workouts, I seem to struggle with that. And it's not like I'm like, oh, like in pain walking around struggle. It's just like I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'll take a breather, I'll grab a drink of water and then I'll go straight back to the bar. I'll hold on and I'm ready to go. And Sean will say to me, whoa, 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 you've got 40 seconds, mate, relax. Or you've got a minute, mate, relax. Hand off the bar, step away for a minute. And I'm always ready for the next thing, you know. I won't take that 10-second pause into barter without putting my foot up and being prepared to go for the next set. And he is always saying to me, mate, relax, relax. It's not time. It's not time. And I think that it's quite reflective of the way I move through life, like onto the next thing, getting prepared for the next, ready to go. And the other thing that he mentioned in training is that he can't read my face. I'll be working out and he's like, I don't know if you are finding this easy or if you are finding this hard because I kind of go into like a poker face mode and I almost feel like I go out to lunch a little bit, like mentally, like I'm there but I'm not there. It's a bit of a coping mechanism. And so he said to me, one day, like we got to the end of the workout and he said, how did you find that? And I said, oh, it was really, really hard. And he said, I had no idea. I don't know how you're going with it. And so those two things were kind of floating around my brain around the time that I heard this quote about the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And I was kind of just reflecting on that and thinking, huh, I think that could be true. I do struggle to rest. I'm ready to go on to the next thing. I'm kind of on the defense of being like yep I'm good I'm good I'm good showing up to the next thing without really getting over the last thing maybe I don't know could be something there to that could be some merit in that one Um, and also just not showing things outwardly and that's why I feel like it's related to the concept Brene spoke about where if you are numbing like the bad emotions you're probably also not bad but numbing the challenging trickier feelings and emotions then you might not be able to sink into the great ones as much and with the whole like a minute ago I said kind of mentally going out to lunch there was another time when I was working out and I said to Sean tell me a story like I was on the assault bike and they are awful awful and I was on there for whatever period of time and I wanted Sean to like tell me a story to distract me 
And he's like, no, 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 no stories. We're not, I'm not distracting you. You're in the pain. Be where you are. And I thought, huh, I do that a little bit in real life too. Like I want a podcast on to escape a bit. I will dive into, usually it's a podcast or an audio book. I'm trying, I am enjoying reading, but and not just, you know, not just healthy coping mechanisms, but you might turn to something. One might, <laughs> she raises her hand, turn to a behavior that isn't great because it's a way of escaping what's going on in the moment. So that is some food for thought. Is the way you do one thing in life the way you do everything? And if you do connect with it, and perhaps you can identify that maybe there are slight and slight and. <laughs> Maybe there are slight ways that you want to change that. I think if that's the case, then starting with one area of life. And what I mean by that is if you are like me and you're prone to rushing through things, maybe it's just focusing on one single area. Maybe it's really slowing down the way you eat. Maybe you also eat really, really quickly and without much enjoyment because you're just getting it done. So maybe, can you tell, this is what I'm focusing on because this is me. I will stand in the kitchen and just eat whilst I'm doing other things. And I've always kind of been a bit like that with food, like just get it over with type of thing, which isn't great because food should be enjoyed. So just sitting down and actually really enjoying just one area of my life and I'm going to see if that translates at all across other areas. So that's some food for thought, literally. Now back to therapy. Another thing that I have been speaking about with her is we were talking about, we often touch on relationships because I think that relationships are just such fertile ground for self-development, personal growth, reflection, pain, (laughs) joy, all of that stuff. And so just speaking with her, my therapist, about what it is that I actually really want in future out of a partnership and kind of refining that. And I don't mean as in a checklist of must have XYZ, must be XYZ, but just really working out what my values are in a relationship so that I don't compromise or concede my own needs again Um, and so that I can maybe break the pattern that I feel I do have of choosing choosing people that can only love to a certain extent or perhaps can't even love at all or don't what I don't know I don't know what it is I do know what it is but I don't want to go into it here but um just breaking that that habit And so we were speaking about that and then she kind of flipped the script on me and said, okay, great, but what do you bring to a relationship? And I thought, and like I said to her, that is a very good question. And that is not a question that my girlfriends and I actually ask each other that often. We will often speak about what the relationship could be with someone, you know, the space between two people, what that's like you know, characteristics or qualities or experiences or feelings, hopes that you want in a relationship, but actually point blank asking yourself, and what do you bring? is such a good question. And it's not just a good question if you're single. It's a good question if you're in a relationship. Asking yourself, 
What are the things I bring? Really valuing the things that you do bring and treasuring those and just being cognizant of your contribution, really. It's also a good one if, like me, perhaps you have some old childhood beliefs. Well, we all have old childhood beliefs. But if, like me, you have beliefs about your worth being based off something that actually isn't that important, really, it's a really great um journal prompt or question just to ask yourself of what do I bring so yeah I just thought I would share that one with you as well another thing that has been on my mind this past week in particular is values and I mentioned that with my psychologist we've been speaking about values in relationship but values in life and because this has been on my mind I've really noticed times where one of my biggest personal values has been aggravated and so for me one of my biggest values is generosity and so just knowing that knowing that generosity is a big one for me it makes so much sense when I'm easily pissed off when I'm easily bothered when generosity um is taken for granted or it's not seen or other people aren't generous. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. And so values have been on my mind. If you don't know your own personal values, it's definitely worth spending a bit of time and energy on figuring those out because it's like a bit of a map, a bit of a map to your own psyche in a way, you know, and an example of this is, what one should I use? Okay, so I'll give you an example of when I noticed that my generosity value was massively triggered. There was an instance when... It wasn't too long ago, but I asked someone a favor and it was just like a really like just like a casual, hey, could you do this for me if it, if it suited you type of thing? And I asked this person because in the past I have done so much like beyond, beyond the call of duty. And so I asked the question and now the answer, the reply was a no, but that wasn't what bothered me. The, I mean, it did bother me a little bit, but what bothered me was that it took over 24 hours to get a reply from that person and then it was a no. And I was like, oh, like generosity, I just feel so triggered by this. Like I feel so triggered that you won't be generous with your time in helping me with this. Anyway, that might be like a bit of a hard example to get your head around because I can't really, I won't share details. But a more specific one is my groceries, right? So my groceries, I've been doing online groceries and they were meant to arrive on Wednesday. Only one bag came, only the frozen stuff, the rest, like the other $170 worth of groceries didn't arrive. And so long story short, I spent over an hour on the phone to Woolworths trying to track down my groceries. And at the end of it, they wanted to go through the items that I had received 
so that they could remove those from my new order. And I was saying to them, look, I'm now not at home. It was a bag of frozen stuff. I've been on the phone for an hour. Can't you just reissue the whole order? And it really bothered me that they wouldn't reissue the whole order. And it wasn't about the money. It was generosity. Like, just be generous. This customer has now spent so much of her time on the phone with you. And you guys now want to go through and take like the watermelon and the dinosaur nuggets off. Like just send the whole order, that type of thing. It bothered me more than I think it would bother someone else if generosity wasn't one of their values. So anyway, those are two examples, but it's really, really important to identify what your values are If you don't know, if you're scratching your head right now and you're like, oh, fuck, I have no idea. It's a very good time then to update your value system because it is a roadmap to the way that you engage in life. If you're not sure where to begin, please go and sign up to that free free resource on my website. It's going to be a free resource right now. It's just a mailing list. If you go to the kindparentingcompany.com, find the coming soon tab, pop your email address in there because I'm going to be sending out free helpful information. And if values is something you're interested in, then there might be something in there for you coming soon. There is definitely a free four-week commitment framework coming out. So as I said, I've been doing an eight-week commitment to self, but the reason I'm doing an eight-week eight week one is I have done a series of four-week commitments in the past and I find four weeks just so manageable. If you look at a calendar, it's just four Sundays. It, it goes so fast. And so I've created some framework, um, like a framework for you and food for thought and just some information. And it's being turned into a PDF right now by my amazing graphic designer And you can have that completely free, but the only people that will get it are the ones that sign up. So if you're signing up, what that means is you're handing over your email address and I can then email you things for free. And I can also email you invitations. I can also keep you in the loop with the new projects, which are coming together so amazingly. Yesterday, I received the final branding. I have an album on my phone with the... um, brand name and it's got I want to say gifs I say gifs but I think that technically you're meant to say gifs those you know like little moving sticker things um I've got those I've got all of the assets I've got the logo like they came through yesterday and I seriously was that emoji with the tears in my eyes like oh I love it and I can't wait to share it with you I am obsessed with the brand name I am obsessed with the concept I can't wait I cannot wait. So I want to tell you more. I'm like sat here, like waving my hands at the microphone, like, I just want to spill, but I won't. I will just say, if you enjoy the podcast, if you are curious about personal growth and development, go and put your email address in. Um, What else? I think that was pretty much the majority of things that I was going to speak about today. Oh, just like a random little recommendation. Jordan and I have been working together a lot, which is so, so good. Um, But we've been listening to a playlist on Spotify and I'm just going to look it up and share it with you because it's really, really good. Okay. It is called Good Feeling 90s or Good Feelings 90s. 
And I highly recommend it if you're in my kind of age bracket, which is now 34. Um, It's, yeah, good feeling 90s. And it's just a mixture of like really, really poppy 90s songs. There's TLC, there's Bewitch, good old Jessica Simpson. It's just a good time in a playlist if you're my kind of vintage. So that's just a bit of a recommendation for you. I will now grab my phone and I will answer a couple of questions that have come through via Instagram. Oh, this is a good question. So the question is, did you click with your therapist right away or did you shop around? Finding a therapist that you can get, you can say get along with, but finding a therapist that you click with ultimately is sometimes tricky. It might be a case of shopping around, trying a few different people and just seeing if you, you know, connect to their style, if you feel comfortable in their presence, if you appreciate their feedback, um, all of those things. I think you get an overall feel for someone pretty quickly. And also I think with therapy, it's just exhausting the first couple of times while you're laying everything out. I saw a meme recently that was along the lines of, you know, I'm sick of explaining all of my traumas to a therapist. So I've made a PowerPoint display and it's a bit like that. You kind of just go, oh, now I have to sit down and talk about everything, get it all out on the table before we can start dealing with present issues. And so just be prepared for that. If you haven't had a therapist before, if you haven't done much of that kind of thing, the first couple of sessions can feel a bit useless because you're kind of just sharing the basics. But if you find one or when you find one that you can speak freely to, it really is such a gift to yourself to just have that 45 minutes, that hour, whether it's weekly like me right now or fortnightly or monthly it really is a great investment in yourself. And there are so many different modalities out there. You might not vibe at all with speaking to a psychologist, but you might really find it helpful just going to, you know, someone who is more of a facilitator or perhaps, you know, a naturopath. Like it, you might not need an actual psychologist, but having someone that you connect with and you can share with is really important. Okay, next question is coming to terms with having another boy. Have you had any struggles with only being a boy mum? So gender disappointment is a real thing and I don't want to diminish that or minimalize it because I know that some people do really experience a proper disappointment, sinking, overwhelming feeling at times when it comes to finding out the gender of their child-to-be. I don't have any specific information for coping with gender disappointment from a, I don't know, an evidence-based kind of approach. That might be something that you're best off to work through with a counsellor or your loved ones. But I can share my experience in being a mum of only boys And I, funnily enough, growing up, always wanted to have two boys. That was just something that I felt was kind of destined for me. And I can even remember at times saying, oh, I really want to have twin boys. Just one pregnancy, get it over with two boys because they'll never leave me. Like tongue in cheek, they'll never leave me. You know how boys always love their mums. And so I always thought that I would be a boy mum. But then when I fell pregnant, 
I thought I was having two girls to begin with. And I kind of had attached to this vision of twin girls early on. And when I found out that I was having two boys, it surprised me. I kind of thought in my head it's either two girls or it's boy girl. I hadn't really, I don't know, once I found out that I had twins, I didn't really think, oh, it's it's a high chance it's two boys for some reason. And I think part of that stems from being one of three girls and kind of craving what I knew, that familiarity, that having sisters, you know, I'm, I would say I'm quite a, and I'm using quotes, girly girl, typical girl. And I don't know, I just felt like that's, that could be what would unfold for me. So I can, I can relate with experiencing like a certain level of shock or, you know, going, oh, okay, that's not exactly what I thought. But one thing I will say is when it comes to, you know, feelings of disappointment around a certain gender and the way I think about it is it's really important to remember that nothing is guaranteed. And what I mean by that is you might be projecting and imagining this vision of having a daughter, for example, and maybe it's because you want to live out some of your own childhood experiences and think, I really want a daughter because then, you know, she might go to ballet and I really want a daughter because then we're going to have these mother-daughter bonding experiences, you know, maybe it's in your head you think you're going to have days at the spa or really enjoy their wedding day perhaps. Maybe that's something that's in your mind of like, oh, I want to have a daughter and I really want to enjoy her wedding day with her. And I am all for that daydreaming kind of forecasting, manifesting type way of thinking. But it's really important to be pragmatic and realistic and understand that nothing is guaranteed. You might have a daughter who never gets married You might have two girls and in your head think, yes, they're going to be the best of friends for their whole life and then something goes poorly and they don't speak for 10 years. Nothing at all is guaranteed. Your little girl might not want to do any of the things you have envisioned your little girl to do. And oppositely, you know, I have two boys and one of my boys did several terms of ballet when he was like three and four and loved it. You know, he spent a good portion of his toddler years dressed as Elsa and loved makeup. And I mean, he still has an appreciation for really nice things, but I don't know. It's just important to remember nothing's guaranteed and you get the child that you get because that's who you are meant to parent and they're going to parent you in a way as well. You know, having kids, they raise you up as well. So that's how I think of it. And yeah, I don't know, like if you think that you're going to miss out on something because you have a certain gender, nothing's guaranteed. You also might end up then having a niece or a nephew, you know, like there's so many different ways to experience what you're hoping to experience. All right. Next question. What do we got here? Uh, Someone said, thank you for sharing that 90s feel good playlist that I mentioned earlier in this episode too. They've said, holy shit, it's so good. It really is. It's just like, I was going to say bangers. Like it's just 90s music that will make you smile. Um, What else do we have here? How to move on from your ex that you have a child with after he randomly dumped you out of the blue really hard. 
Breakups are so tricky. I have a couple of podcast episodes specifically about moving on from heartache. Definitely have a listen to my interview with Jessie Stevens. She's the author of the book Heart Sick and we talk a lot about heartbreak in that episode. I've recorded a solo episode on getting over a broken heart as well so I won't go too far into it here but I will just say that I understand and it's awful feeling blindsided. It's also awful that my dryer is beeping in the background. I don't know if you can hear that, but I do understand. And it is unfortunately one of those things that sometimes you just need time to heal from. Also, maybe a third party, but go and have a listen to those two podcast episodes because I'm sure that you will take something from that. Next question is, I am an overthinker. Any advice on how to stop overthinking and start to focus on the facts? So I think it's great that you've identified that sometimes you can get a little bit in your head. That's what I call it. I go, oh, I'm in my head. I'm overthinking. I'm overanalyzing. I'm reading too much into things. So dealing with facts, I find it helpful to write facts down, but I am a pen to paper kind of person. It might not work for you, but just going, okay, I'm getting spirally in my head about a certain scenario. Bring it on back to facts and only allow yourself to put facts on paper And then look at those facts objectively. That might be helpful. I also think having a bit of a mantra can be really good too. So I will often say to myself, current moment, only moment. Current moment, only moment, only moment. What do I need to do right now? And try and focus on that. I know in another interview that I've done, and I can't remember who said it, but one of the guests, maybe it was... Jodie Richardson in the anxiety one. I could be wrong. But one of the guests has said, has shared on the podcast a saying that they like, which is put your head where your hands are. So it's a really great mindful mindfulness practice, excuse me, of going, okay, where am I? What am I doing? That's where my thoughts need to be. So maybe try those two things, having that mantra of current moment, only moment, and writing down the facts and dealing only with those. So you have to be really discerning when you're writing them down because you might be like, I am overwhelmed, feels like a fact, but try and get the actual real fact down. So the fact might be, it's my son's first day at school, you know, like try and be really, really objective there. Okay, another question is, how hard is it having twins at the start? I'm pregnant with twins. So firstly, a massive, massive congratulations. I hope you're feeling really well. Um, I don't have the information of how far along you are during your pregnancy, but I hope you're feeling as good as you possibly can. It's a lot. Growing two humans at once takes a massive physical toll on your body and It can take a mental toll just thinking, how are you actually going to care for two newborns? I don't know whether you have other children, but I know for me, there was a massive element of ignorance is kind of bliss. I was so unaware of what the reality of having two newborns would really be like. And it's, I mean, there's nothing like I mean, obviously having three newborns or four newborns would be a lot, you know, that would be more, but it's pretty full on having two newborns. It's a lot. There's also a lot of love and it's really, really special. And like just having your two babies earth side, there's nothing quite like seeing them together and knowing that, you know, they're going to have this amazing bond and you get to bear witness to that as well. 
but the practical side of having two newborns is exhausting. It's it's a lot. You will find your rhythm. Go really easy on yourself and just know that it will probably take a couple of months to really figure out your own kind of routine or rhythm or just get in that zone of doing everything twice like it becomes a real rinse and repeat type situation there are just so many different factors as well like it really depends on how you're feeding your babies but was it hard having two newborns yes it's it's hard there's no you know I can't I can't deny that it's challenging I would say that you know rally as much support as possible if you have you know, girlfriends that can help or your mum's around or your mother-in-law, sister, sister-in-law, whatever, any extra sets of hands, I think in the first few weeks are really valuable. Just an extra set of hand to, hands to hold one baby while you're learning how to breastfeed the other one or even bottle feeding. Um, and it's not always one or the other. It's not always breastfeeding or bottle feeding. Often it's mixed feeding. Just someone that can watch the baby so that you can have a shower that sort of stuff is really, really valuable. Also in the lead up to having your babies, stock the freezer. You're going to need a lot of food. You're going to be tired. You're going to want to have good nutritious meals on hand and snacks as well. Like think bulk bliss balls, think bulk like lasagnas and slow cooked meals, like really hearty food that will get you through um, that fatigued kind of period. I know I'm not really selling it. I'm not making it sound like it's great. But the first couple of weeks, first couple of months, it's a whole other paradigm shift. It's like you enter a whole other world and that world, there are certainly amazing things. You're going to experience some really, really incredible moments. Like the first time your little ones smile and when they really start focusing on you and you can have eye contact with them and their little little hands wrapped around your fingers and then with twins the way that they you know interact with each other it's so special so you've got an amazing journey about to unfold in front of you but yes it has its challenges you might also find it helpful to have a look at the kind parenting company's program number one I talk you through multiples in there as well. So the Kind Parenting Company programs all have audio files too. So if you like the podcast and you're interested in parenting and the information in those programs speaks to you, definitely check out those programs because you can just listen to the audio at your leisure. And the first program talks you through the fourth trimester. So understanding that your little ones will still think they are part of you after they're born. And I think just simple little bits of information like that are really key in kind of surrendering to the process. Also, maybe have a listen to the episode I did with Dr. Libby Quinn on matrescence, which is the process of becoming a mother. That could be really helpful as well. All right, so I will leave it there. I will try and answer the other questions that have come through over on Instagram. And speaking of, if you enjoy the podcast, please do take a screenshot, pop it up on your Instagram stories, tag me at Kylie Camps, and I will reshare it on my account as well. I hope that you have an amazing day and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Hold up. 
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.